This is Jennifer Pepito with the Restoration Home Podcast. This is the show where we talk about connected families and restored communities. Today I'm talking to my daughter Emily Pepito about the principle or the rule of stability. Thanks for joining me today, Emily. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here again. I'm so excited about this conversation that we've been having. The last time we talked about how changes in our families, moves and things like that can be chaotic and how we can bring stability even in the middle of chaos by our attitudes. And I thought it'd be great today we're still kind of in the beginning of the year to talk a little bit about how our habits and our rhythms can contribute to stability in our homes. Absolutely. I love that subject. Yes. And I know, you know, you're, we're living in different homes right now. You're in our, um, our primary residence and managing the Airbnb there. And I'm with a couple of the kids in another city for a couple months in Airbnb and so you're developing all these routines in the home that are really life-giving for you. Tell us a little bit about those. Some of them are long-standing. So I love cleaning the house on Friday because I, I really love going into the weekend, particularly Friday night, Saturday with a clean house. And I like being able to like have this time where you're cleaning the house. I always do the sort of the bulk of the laundry on Friday Every other week I would do a deeper clean and then every, um, I'm very aware of like real life time limitations. So then every week I'll do kind of a cursory, but as deep as possible, additional clean of some areas. Like one week I'll go under the couch and the next week I'll do this or, or that. And it's just to keep it streamlined. Cause if it, for me, at least I find that if I'm trying to create routine or even if I have created routine, but I'm in a particularly stressful or overwhelming season or just not feeling as well. And I have this over-exaggerated idea of a, a grandiose routine or how well something needs to be done. It can be really daunting to try and do it when I'm in a like less than perfect state of mind. And so my goal is to do a quick, effective clean of everything and then one extra area. And it's, it's so simple. It's easy to do. And then, um, honestly, right now I'm working on just, just trying to not, it's not quite a habit, but reframe my mind around work where I look at what needs to be done as part of the fiber of life rather than a, a chore or a task. So almost like the foundation of my life where I'm like work, how can I reframe my attitude to towards work and especially those sort of like ceaseless jobs like right now I'm heating the house with just wood which is really pleasant but it also entails getting several loads of wood every few days even to keep it at like a moderate temperature and that's a that's just kind of a constant task and so just learning to to do the work and I think more than habits maybe shifting my mindset right now towards that kind of grind is what I'm doing. Yeah. I love that you have that kind of discipline to keep up habits in that way. And I'm reading with my Peaceful Loop group this year, the book Habits of the Household by Justin Whitmill Early. 
And I love what he says here about communal habits. He says the idea that we should be attentive to our communal habits is not new, not at all. There's an ancient monastic term for this idea called a rule of life. And he says this concept gains roots or some of its roots in the story of Daniel and how they followed a different pattern of living while they were in the Babylonian courts. They had a commitment to specific habits of eating, drinking, and praying, which allowed them to be in the world, but not of it. And that's a big part of what we're talking about here on Restoration Home is that our ability to live counterculturally is part of what can bring restoration to community and help our family be more connected. And that's the power of of habits is that it does help us grow closer as a family. We have these rules in place that maybe sound like they're boring or they're tedious or it's extra work, but what it really does is bring more love and connection to our families. You know, in my peaceful loop group, one of the moms says, the more disciplined I'm becoming, the more I am present with my children. I'm not on my phone as much. I'm prioritizing time in prayer and God's word, and I'm better able to stay on top of what needs to be done. And because of all this, I feel like everything's falling more into place that when we do have big emotions or sickness, it's so much easier to not let those things throw us off track. So it's really beautiful to see this in process, to see in our Peaceful Loop group this year, to see families who are starting to institute new routines. And these are all amazing moms who already, I'm sure, had some great habits or some routine, but we're doing this as a community and really focusing each month on a new set of habits, not because we want to be these rule abiding people, but so so that we can be more connected as families. And that's what basic habits do is they create more stability. They create more peace so that if you do have a sleepless night or some kind of an upset, it's easier to bounce back because as a general rule, you create time in your schedule for taking your vitamins or getting exercise or eating healthy or praying or reading the scriptures. Those things are built in so that you're more flexible when crises do come. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with that. And I think the, like the practice of having a habit is also in itself very, very life-giving. Like when I'm living in routine and I'm getting, and I'm committed to sort of doing these things in my life to, to either make the people around me more comfortable or to just function well or to achieve something, I actually live more at rest. And I think part of that is that I, I know, I have a clear idea of what is happening. And I think, I also think that is like, I love randomness. I love taking a day and being like, we're going to just go do this. We're going to just go do that. Um, but I think James Clear put it really well when he said that it's our habits that allow us to be truly spontaneous. And, and I'm not quoting him exactly, but that sort of sentiment. And I love the idea that by creating stability, I'm creating this great sort of under foundation of peace for myself and for the people around me because they have sort of the certainty of flow. And then it also allows us to go do those really fun things too. Like it it isn't habit and stability are not things that trap you. They're things that give you a good foundation to launch from. Yeah, that's super good. It's interesting because, you know, we did make kind of a big move where I'm in a new city with two teen children. 
And that in itself could be very unsettling. You know what I mean? It could be very destabilizing in a sense for my teenagers to have to go meet new people and be in a new place and be in a new home even. And yet some of the anchors of our day are, you know, morning Bible time and uh, they, they've been exercising with their dad. Some of these things have helped make it a more peaceful transition or help them deal with this temporary move in a more peaceful way because there is some rhythm and there are some anchors that hold us in place. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I remember my uncle saying to my aunt one time that one of the things he appreciated about her is that no matter what they were going through, he, there was always clean sheets on the bed and just the stability basically that she alone had created by being faithful to the habits and the homemaking that she valued, even when she had absolutely no control in her external circumstances. Wow, that's so good. What do you, you know, so many families, I think they've started out the year, they have good intentions. And then, you know, there are sleepless nights or sickness or things like that, that can happen and be so destabilizing. What has helped you get back into your habits when you face a season like that? And I have, I was actually just thinking about that today because I am in a place right now where there has, there's feels like there's a lot of change outside my control. And I, a lot of things that keep disrupting the flow of my habits. And so I feel like I'm kind of constantly fighting to get them back. And I'm also just like, I just want to throw up my hands right now and be like, you know what, I'm going to just listen to audiobooks and like loiter around work in the garden because that sounds fun. And, and I feel like today's wasted already. And so it's too much effort to put it back on track. And, um, and so I'm like fighting this internal dialogue of um, it's too late. It doesn't matter. And I think those, those two lies of it's too late and it doesn't matter are really they're I mean, they're just bad for every area of our life, our relationships, our ability to mother, our ability to um, be friends, to steward our home, all of it. And I think for me, I really struggle at it because I'm very much like a go big or go home, but I am working on being like, okay, I, I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel good right now. I don't feel like I have the energy but what I can do is I can unload the dishwasher and then I can change the laundry and then I can do this. And I just like, I'll just break it down into really tiny tasks. And this sounds kind of silly, but in that process, I'll, if I have sort of the bandwidth to be self-aware, I will be very congratulatory towards myself and being like, good job. Like you are, you're redeeming the day. And even though in my brain, if I let myself sort of go to my status quo of like self-talk, I'd be like, the day's still ruined. You haven't done anything but what you were supposed to do. And you didn't do any of the big things that you were meant to do. And all of this stuff, I'm really trying to break that um, and just say, no, like effort is good. Progress is good. The littlest thing that I can do matters. Um, and I'm going to keep making choices to do tiny things that matter because that's who I am. I really appreciate that you bring up the importance of just the tiny bits of faithfulness because that is often all it is. You know, I think it's easy, especially as mothers, to get really 
bogged down in feeling worried about our children's futures. Like we, we might see them making a mistake in some, even a small area, like being obstinate about doing their homework or not wanting to try something new. And we can project that out to them never being able to get a job or not being able to have any friends or some, we make these big, fearful, imaginary stories around this little struggle they're having. But I think the key to overcoming that is just continuing with the progress. You know, if you have a child who who isn't wanting to get in line with the program, just keep working on the smallest, you know, did they make their bed? Did they finish a math lesson? Work on the on the really smallest bits of progress instead of getting wrapped up and worrying about the future. I think, you know, one of the anchors really that's helped me keep going this year, and there's been a lot of change and and I'm doing the same thing with my kids. I'm meeting new people and I'm trying to navigate a new house and a new city. But what's keeping me anchored is the goals that I set down for myself in the beginning part of the year that, you know, every day we'll continue our, our morning time. And that is such a peaceful anchor for me to read the Bible and read to my children. Um, I have an anchor of writing on this book, Restoration Home, every day. And so I'm working every day a little bit on a chapter. I'm reading, I'm writing a new Playful Pioneers curriculum. So the families will have another American history cycle to look forward to. And so these little tasks are just these anchors that help me keep going each day. But one of the things that I'm reading about lately, and it, you know, it seems like, oh, what does this have to do with stability? But I think this can help restore that sense of calm. I'm reading about the importance of play for having a healthy nervous system. How, how can we incorporate some play in the midst of healthy routines? That's a great question. And I love all of what you just said. And I think, um, before I answer the play and routines question, I think going back to what you said about acknowledging when we're kind of creaning out of control and fear over the people we loved making choices that seem to be uh, leading them down a path where they're never going to get a job or always going to do this or whatever it is, feeding them that encouragement that we should be also feeding ourselves of like, you made another good choice, like, well done. You're, this is good. Um, but then on the play and stability, I think, that's such a tricky one because I think it's very easy for people, especially those who are already good at stability in terms of regular habits and maybe not as good at stopping and playing. Um, and then for those of us who maybe be play, but then our play is at the cost of the routine we know we need. And so I think in neither case is play getting the attention or the real time it deserves. Cause I, I do think that play um, as a family is so important, like so important for connection, for our souls, for life. Um, and I think, I think that's part of why routines done well though should facilitate it. Because if you are like, this is what we have to do in a day, this is what a good routine looks like for today. And you stick to that and you get it done. You now have hours. You can go, like, if you've done it well, if you haven't, if you haven't um, procrastinated on what you know you need to do, if you haven't sort of wasted the day away, um, you know, scrolling social media or, you know, doing things that are maybe not part of your actual routine, then you still have all the routine stuff to do and you've lost a day. 
But when we cultivate good habits, when we cultivate good routine, then we can say, okay, I, I know that there's lots more to do, but stability isn't getting everything done in a day. Stability and routine and habits doesn't mean that you have to keep working and and keep doing habits like work habits just because you finished what you were supposed to do in a day. Part of it is is being able to say, no, I, I have finished the work for today and the rest of the day we can now rest or we can now rest until it's time to make dinner or we can now go for a walk or we can go do some exploration on the creek or go go walk in a new neighborhood or go you know go to a new nature hike and, or whatever it is that your family really loves because you have been faithful to that routine and you have gotten what you need to do in a day done. Yeah. That's so good. And one of the things that, you know, comes to mind is when I built projects into the Peaceful Press resources, this is part of what I was thinking of is, you know, a child who will be confident to make good decisions as an adult is partly a child who's been enjoyed some in their childhood. And if we, if we make schooling all about these tasks and getting through the stuff that they don't enjoy, and we don't have any kind of projects, you know, baking something together or building something together or shaking butter together or making ice cream or whatever the project of the week is, if we don't have any of those projects, then sometimes we just need that prompt for play. Because when we do something fun with our kids, then we build these beautiful connections because they feel enjoyed we see them smile. They know that we care enough about them that we're going to stop organizing or doing laundry or being a taskmaster to actually do something with them. And maybe that is playing a game or maybe it's painting together. Maybe it's just listening to their music with them, but in some way, actual face-to-face connection. And, and I think it can be hard for us to even know how to do this anymore because we're so used to doing the stuff we have to do and then hopping on our phones to do our solitary play. And it's not really play. You know, when we're, when the children are playing a video game online and we're scrolling Instagram, whatever it is, it's not really play. It's not really going to feed our souls. And it is very separating. Whereas if we can gather around, you know, a game or a project or a hike or building something together, that then becomes that bonding experience that translates to play. Yeah, a hundred percent. I agree with that. And I think on the, on the flip side of it, and this is not meant to be in any way condemning because I know that there are times when you, when, when you do kind of have to just zone out or when there is so much going on that you either can't cultivate play or, you know, maybe you are using some media for a tool to let you get other things done. But I think in the same vein that the little decisions we make are so important, the little good decisions we make, um, I think it's important to be aware of as parents that some of the not so healthy decisions, like that extra helping of really, you know, kind of maybe cheap, heavy chemical sugar, um, even though it might seem really easy thing to say yes to, and even though it might seem really small, is, is actually quite harmful in the collective and so being willing to say we're gonna also stop making little poor decisions that don't seem to matter that much especially when your kids are young you're like oh well, they you know you know five more minutes on the video games not gonna hurt anything 10 more minutes isn't gonna hurt anything a little more of this isn't gonna hurt anything but I think 
I think being, I think being rigorous about the atmosphere we want to create, the person we want to be, and the direction that we are going in. Um, even though in some ways it's got some bad press because it's now like, okay, grace, grace. And I agree with that. But I also think on the flip side of that, now that we know that we have the grace to fail, we can also say we also have the grace to succeed. And we have the grace to say, no, we, we don't need to make these little s- small poor decisions. And, and yes, I am tired, but there is the grace to stay engaged if we press into that um, just as much as there is the grace um, when we don't stay engaged. Yeah, it's so encouraging that there's grace in all of it, you know, and I think that is what restoration is about. Restoration isn't about perfection. It's about acknowledging that we need every day to keep working towards restoration, that we are going to fail. We are going to come up short and give our kids a chemical Latin snack or um, let people have too much screen time or fall off the wagon with our habits and create some chaos. But that stability can be restored as we bring our requests before God, as we refocus our attention on him and his peace and let that peace infuse our homes and give us the power to make the next right choice. I love how George McDonald says, you know, if you are struggling, if you don't know what to do, just do the next right thing, you know, pick up a broom, um, sweep the house, do the next right thing. And in so doing, you'll regain your equilibrium, regain that peace and joy that comes from life in the Holy Spirit. 